It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast with my partners, Brian Siegler and Jonathan Talley. I am Curtis Wilson, and this episode is brought to you by Dr. Jeremy Counts at the Main Street Pharmacy, your friendly neighborhood pharmacy located at 301 South Main Street in Blacksburg. And boys, we have finally made it. It is game week. Game week is here. How y'all feeling today, Talley? Hey, it says start jumping. I mean, when it was coming on, that's what I seen flash across the screen. I see Jerry's already in there. Jerry says she's got questions that she needs answers to. We <laughs> all need them, Jerry. We, we need them to too. How y'all doing tonight? We're going to try to do that. That's right, Matt. It is game week. LFG, baby. Siegel, how you doing tonight, man? Uh, living the dream, man. Uh, I am, uh, I, I got a little uh, Hardywood. Uh, Fighting Hokie Hefeweizen over here. Uh, it is a good night in the uh, the RVA. Um, it's been a busy week already this week at work, so I'm just happy to be able to kick it with you guys, talk a little football, and get ready for Saturday. Yep, and we got a lot to go through tonight. Um, we'll, we'll get to some of the other stuff uh, in a little while here, but we're going to just start off real quick with this. Last week, our buddy... You know, Grayson Wimbush on here talking about Rowdy for Robbie. We wanted to give you all real quick where that's going to be this week to go out there, support such a great cause. So on Saturday, on game day, it is going to be in lot one, spot 164. That is the that is the lot near Castle Coliseum. It's going to be there between 4 and 5 p.m. Now, starting Friday, it is going to be at our partner's Main Street Pharmacy down there. $7 a piece. Now, game day, they're going to accept both cash and Venmo. And if you go to the pharmacy, if you're in town on Friday, like we will be in two weeks, me and Brian at least, they will only do Venmo. So definitely go support it. Great cause. Um, definitely, you know, something out there. Clearly, you heard the story about Robbie last week, a massive Hokie fan um, who passed away of testicular cancer and now trying to do some good in the world to bring more uh, awareness to that particular cancer. So every week we know it's going to be a home game and we know that they're going to be there. We're going to tell you where to go to support this cause. So, yeah, we really appreciate, appreciate Grayson jumping on with us last week. Uh, you know, number one, getting a chance to talk to you all about Rowdy for Robbie, but also bringing some great insight to 
um, our, our, our season prediction episode last week. Great episode all around. And just a big thanks to him for joining us last week. But uh, this week, it's all about game day, baby. It's all about Saturday. What's going to happen Saturday and what we can expect. So looking forward to doing that. But Curtis, tell them what we're going to be doing first here. Well, we're going to look at first. Let's take a look at some of the week zero outcomes because I am sure everyone at some point in time sat down for a few minutes on Saturday to watch a little football. And, you know, even though these two teams aren't uh, – they aren't on the schedule this year, um, one that will be every once in a while, watching Notre Dame absolutely just maul Navy, I don't think that shocked anybody. And nope. USC, I'm going to tell you what. What did I tell Jason? Our wonderful music guy, I uh, I told him Friday night, Jason, you're making bets now. I'm like, dude, you need to make a bet. What I tell him, Brian, I said, guarantee of the week. Yep. USC, San Jose State, over 66 and a half. It Lock hit it up. Four. <laughs> he didn't make the bet. And I, I sent him the game. I said, hold you, USC doesn't play defense. See, Jason, Jason's got gunshot with bets now because every time he bets, it goes the, the opposite way of what he would actually desire – it to go so uh yeah, i feel like you know he feels like you put a uh, a big uh kibosh on the u.s women's national team soccer i mean he, he he's he's done some he's done some folks dirty here the last few weeks and he's got he's starting to get a little gun shy yeah but uh he is going to start a GoFundMe just for his gambling habit is what he's telling us which i gotta see how that works out so uh he just but- gotta put out more albums man <laughs> yeah, he put out more albums. He got to have all the money he need. He good. <laughs> all right. Well, I got a question, Tyler. You've been you've been kind of roaming around the Twitter space. Was there a game on Saturday that somehow caught everybody in Hokies' attention's eye? Oh yeah, you know it was. I mean, I don't even know how many people watched it. I didn't. I didn't watch it. Seagull. I watched some of it. I, I saw a lot of the uh, the highlights that were posted out there, and I think. Once once people saw the stat line drop out there, it, it got it caught a lot of people's attention. That's what it was. Stat line and of course highlights. I mean, looked like he had a great game. Looked like uh Jason Brown. If it, people don't know who we're talking about, Jackson State University's quarterback now. Um had a great game, man. He looked good from what I seen. Again, I didn't watch the game, but watching the highlights, he looked great and I'm happy for him. I mean, I, I wanna see I wanna see everybody produce. Very yeah. happy. If, y- if y'all didn't see, they won 37 7. He went 25 for 59 or 25 for 29, 356, three touchdowns. Um, and you know, and it and it just brought up everybody rushing back to last year, right? When Grant Wells yeah. beats him out, Jason Brown never got a shot. Right. Um, you know, it was one of those wild things that you know, obviously, right? It had to be the hokey go do it. Yeah. You could have transferred from any other school and got to do that shit. Yeah. It had to be the guy who was a Hokie last year. The one thing yeah. I'll say, how I feel, about, I ain't mean to cut you off, Siegel, but what you I good. how I feel, um, and I've seen a couple of arguments and things about it. Um, I never, you know, I feel like last season was as bad as it can get. I know it's not, but as a Hokie fan, you know, winning three games is as bad as it can get for us. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see a change at the quarterback position, not for the rest of the season, not for the whole game, just maybe a series. I just wanted somebody to be like, okay, Grant, you done threw four picks, man. Come sit down for a minute. 
Let me let let's see what else we got. That's I think that's what most people was thinking, but all of the arguments have been the well, it wasn't no matter who was the quarterback. Uh he he would have lost anyway. You know, we were sorry. We didn't have this. We had a uh, we just wanted to see a change. We just wanted to see what would have happened. So I'm just putting that out there. That's what I feel. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of with that just because I mean it would have been worth seeing, even if you don't pull pull Wells as the starter. Give Brown some series. Let's see what he can do. You know, we know he had probably a little bit extra wiggle, a little bit more size. Uh, probably mm-hmm. could have did a little bit more in the run game. Mm-hmm. Would he be able to come along in the passing game against Power Five competition? That's that's to be seen. Obviously, he had some experience down there at South Carolina before he came in. So we know from a big game pressure standpoint, he could handle that aspect of it, right? right. And that looked pressure. like the area that. Wells was struggling with a lot last season. Yeah. But I, I just don't know. Obviously, in South Carolina, he was throwing to what I would consider true power five wide receivers, whereas we had Caleb Smith and a few other guys that weren't quite – either were too young to contribute like that or weren't weren't where they needed to be. So, I don't know. But I, I, I'm glad that the kid found a spot where he can go and ball out. Yeah, man, I hope, that's, that's I hope he, I hope he does it all season, honestly. There you go. You know, yep. I hope I hope I hope we see highlights of him all season. There you go. All right, a couple other <laughs> things to hit before we get into the big stuff tonight is I want to just hit it real quick. We have not mentioned it, but this talk of ACC expansion. Stanford and Cal and SMU down in Texas. Obviously, it's going to bring in a little bit more money, probably about five to ten million dollars extra a year. Bring it on, per team. Bring it on. All right. Okay, you say bring it on. So, is it a long term solution? No, no, I don't think so. I think it's dead no matter what, honestly. Okay, you know what I'm saying? But if that's gonna give the school when you say five to ten million, you said it like, uh, maybe five to ten million, like five to ten million is a lot of money. So if hold on, they hold on. don't come and play, can I say something though? Go ahead, just so you can go, shit. even that extra five to ten million. We still, we still forty million dollars behind. Yeah. Other people. I, already, I already looked at it. It's kind of like when you're in debt, though. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in debt, and you know that you got bills to pay, but you find five hundred dollars on the ground. You're like, "This money I didn't have. It's casino time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we can turn this into. Should I go pay the house? No, no, no. We Man. ain't paying the mortgage. Don't pay. I would, I would pay. It's, it's it's a good short term move. I mean. It at least puts a little band-aid on it, but I don't think it, it changes whatever the long-term plans are for Florida State, and it right. doesn't really help the ACC get competitive relative to the Big Ten and the SEC. Now, what it does do is that it potentially, in the short term, keeps the ACC neck and neck or just ahead of the Big 12. Yep. If, if that's what you're aiming for, you're, you're accomplishing you're that. Yeah, you're you're not doing a whole lot that. else. You're, you're but not. the thing is, it's like right now, too, um, you had so much speculation about this person's gonna be gone by this time, this person's gonna be gone by this time, or this school, this school. Well, that's not happening, you know what I'm saying? Like for now, nobody's gone, you nobody's yeah. nobody's left. Now it could happen next week, we don't know, but I'm yeah. just saying as of now. So I think they're just trying to put a you ever seen that what's the commercial? Uh, uh the guy puts he's got the like the tape looking stuff, and it's a leak coming out. Oh yeah, the flex <laughs> when he slaps seal. it on there, flex seal. He's he flaps. <laughs> I think they're just trying to flex seal it. You know what I'm saying? 
Hey, they, it's not a long-term thing, but, I mean, shit, let's do it. I see this right here about Jim, and um, it, it, it'll keep Notre Dame associated. But the second FSU and Clemson leaves, all the notoriety of the ACC is gone. But the second they leave, it's going to be the it's the domino effect. You've got the the true schools that care about football and care about sports. We know who they are. We've seen yeah. that. They're going to be. We're looking for a way out. That's it. They're going to be looking for a way out. And as soon as the two big dominoes fall, you're going to see where everybody else lands. Um, again, stay competitive with the Big Twelve. That's fine. Any, any, but, anybody but, else but, tired of Notre Dame trying to flex their nuts in the you ACC know what? without fully committing? Screw them. Screw them. You want us to add these schools because you <laughs> want to play them? Join the conference. You know what should have happened? I'm going to go on a tangent. You know what should have happened 2020 when they joined the conference? We should have said, said Fuck no. you. That's yeah. it. We should have said, nope. Go find mm-hmm. your own conference this year because we got you on lock for about the next six years. You break that contract, you're going to owe us about $300 million. Yeah, because they didn't they play didn't they play for the ACC championship? They played for the ACC title. Yeah, the commissioners of the ACC have not they wielded a strong enough position. They have not strong armed anybody into anything ever. They're just leaning on the grant of rights to maintain their conference. They they have not taken any sort of initiative to build to to take long term moves since really what 2010, 2011? And, reactionary. And even I saw somebody put it. It is the most reactionary conference in the country because when all the stuff was breaking last year, if you want Cal and Stanford, that's fine. Great educational institutions, big endowments, great Olympic sports. But you should have been looking at them and you should have been looking at tools north of them in Washington and Oregon who have football tradition, who have you know, a very strong sports program. Even, even right now, I mean, I ain't saying we got to grab all of them, but, I mean, the other two schools that are still in the – were they pack four right now? Whatever they, they call get better TV ratings. I mean, I think they are better football programs right yes, now. They are, you know. So why not well, look Stanford at Stanford pulls good money, but yeah, Cal uh, didn't pull shit. No, no. Cal's the Cal's the Brian. SMU has money, but SMU don't pull shit. They don't pull shit. They don't pull shit in ratings. Cal, they both just like the drunk friends who's tagging along when you uh covering the bar tab for the night is what it is. <laughs> That's what they are. All right, let's go to this one last piece. I don't know if y'all saw this. I know I sent the article, but we busy. We got lives. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Thanks, Will, for that. Um, but if y'all noticed that the Big Ten this year is gonna be instituting game day player availability. Two hours before the games, basically, they've got to say who's in and who's out. Mm. Y'all like that? If this was, let's say, this is the Hokies. Would you like to know two hours before the game who's playing, who's not playing? I mean, as a fan, you do. Okay. You know, but as far as, like, giving your team an edge, it ain't going to fucking matter. It's either, you prepared all week to just go play. You know, two hours ain't going to help you. You got to go be ready for whoever trots out there. You know what I'm saying? And then in our case, like we would go play teams in the past and it would be that fucking backup quarterback that would come in and rush for 290 yards. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, it ain't a huge deal, but I understand it. You know, cause yeah, I mean, we, ahead, we've bro. ended up, we've ended up getting completely torched by backup quarterbacks that we didn't know we're going to play a snap. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is helping or hurting, um, from that standpoint, I think as a fan, it's nice. It's nice to know, right. all right, um, I don't have to, like, 
troll, uh, you know, bitters or David Cunningham's Twitter feed just to see who's on the field warming up and not. That's you know. Like, well, I think the I think the main thing is like kind of you're starting treating the college athlete like a, a pro athlete. You know, it's like you're buying tickets and then you've got NIL stuff. So you may just be coming for whoever you're supporting in NIL. So as a fan, if you know, you know, they're not playing, that may make a difference in something that you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Whether you're supporting this this week or you're not, maybe. I don't know. I guess that's the only way I look at it. Yeah, I I like it. Again, I, I look at it from a fan perspective because what you just said, Brian, all three of us are on. will be on here Saturday night. Brian's going to be over at the house. We're going to probably be texting back and forth with you, Tally. We're going to be looking at bitter and whoever's at the game, who's yeah. out there. Is, you know, we heard Gallo's question. If he, is he out there warming up? Yeah. We heard so-and-so ain't playing. Is he even out there even trying to stretch? Is he going to play next week? That's what you look for for as fans yeah. because there are sometimes – there's been so so much secretive stuff. Right. You know, and then on the other team, it's the same way. Y'all, always, y'all joking about backup quarterbacks torching us. But I tell you what. When we get to playing some of the bigger teams, if you tell me we play FSU and hey Jordan Travis ain't playing tonight, good, good. I'm glad he ain't <laughs> playing. <laughs> All right. Well, as y'all know, we usually have a breakdown segment every week that we call Know the Enemy. That's going to return next week. This week we're going to do a little something different because of how drastic the turnover is of our team. We're going to do a little know yourself. You got to know yourself before you go out there and start knowing everybody else. And we're going to do this position by position, group by group. We're going to discuss what we, us three, we, we, we got together. We, we wrote a bunch of stuff down. What we have to see Saturday night in Lane Stadium to make us feel better about this season. Now, I'll also say this. Another reason was – because we have been attempting to find stuff on ODU for the last three weeks. Other than I know Grant Wilson's the quarterback, no relation. Um, they had like 56 new players. Yeah. So they look very different. I think one of the defensive backs and one of the edge guys from last year is still there and like one wide out. Blake Watson left. Um, obviously, Ali Jennings left. They don't have a lot out there to begin with. So – Y'all ready? Break yep. Get yourself ready, Tally. Break it up. We gotta do it. Just hey, old let's, man. Let's start. You old? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> That's the best part here. I you feel. Never say you old in this group. Man, I feel Curtis, Curtis is officially the four zero man. He's holding it down. Man, now. the big four zero. My brother just turned. No, he didn't turn. He turns fifty. Uh, September the fifth. We went to his house for a, a big birthday bash last weekend, nice. and he will be spending his birthday. He's already there in Africa. Wow, so he's yeah, he's gone already. Is he doing he's like 50. Where yeah? He he's just he's uh, I don't know, he's been sending me pictures and stuff, so I gotta go check and see uh, all of his stuff. I had to download an app just so I can talk to him, but uh, I mean, he travels by himself, he doesn't have kids, not married, so he was just like, Hey, I forgot to tell you, I'm going to Africa for my birthday. I was like, Okay, man, have, have a good time. If I don't hear from you in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna come looking for you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, but anyway, so all right, so we're gonna start. Eagle had to go grab a drink, y'all. He'll be back in thirty seconds. 
So we're going to start offensive side. Obviously, we got to start offense. Y'all ain't yep. here to hear us talk about defense. And we're going to start at the quarterback room. And the yep. quarterback room, it's two guys. We're going to talk yep. about them both. First, let's talk about Grant Wells. Yep. Tally, you brought up the strong point. What's the yep. one thing you got to see Saturday night from Grant Wells? I mean, if you've been hiding under a rock, you know, uh, Grant Wells is was announced a starter. So we are work, we are running with Grant uh, at starter, starting quarterback on Saturday. And the first thing I will say is no avoidable turnovers. Um, I I don't want to sound like I hate and deep dive into what his whole career has been, but I'm just saying <laughs> it's football. You're gonna get some turnovers, but the big word is avoidable turnovers. We don't want you can't be trying to fit stuff where it's not gonna fit. Take the layups, man. Take the layups. You know, don't be trying to fit the ball where the, because this is an inferior opponent. I hate to tell you. Anybody who wants to argue with me, argue with your mama. This is an inferior <laughs> opponent. Use your playmakers that you've they went out and got. Hand the ball to who you need to hand the ball to. Throw the ball away when you need to throw the ball away. Make the make the pass when you need to make the pass. No avoidable turnovers. That's what I'll be looking for. Yeah, and my my hope is that having those weapons around him will help some of that. Mm -hmm. um, because when we look at last year, there was probably a lot of prep with, with the running game not not doing great. Yeah, receivers not getting a, a ton of of separation on on a regular basis. Grant Wells probably figured. I'm going to have to take some risk here if we're going to move the ball. Right. I'm hoping that with a better cast of characters around him that he takes fewer of those risks. And the ones that he do he does take are more calculated risk and not just, I got to make a play. Right. Um, if, if we can get to that point, I feel like that will – you know, at least, you know, let's at least get to, to a two to one ratio. Like if we can yeah. get at least there, then we, then we working with something. I ain't saying we got to go three to one, go okay. out there and you know, two light one. it up. Two. But <laughs> two, two, to two, one. two to one. Two to one will put us in probably a. Would have won a shit ton of games last year. If he had about, been two to one. Yeah. If he was, if he was 18 <laughs> and nine and not nine and nine, nine, nine. last year. <laughs> that, that that's a big difference last year. Right. Six, that's sixty three more points. So so if we, if we get it. there, then you're you're working with something. Uh, and and I'm gonna piggyback on that because we talk about avoidable turnovers. We also got to talk about the other part of it, which is the domino defeats, is what I call it. When one thing goes wrong, and that leads to something else going wrong, and that leads to something else going wrong. We had that a lot last year. It happened with Grant a lot. It wasn't explicitly a grant problem but grant was definitely someone that had those moments where one wrong move would lead to another would lead to another and all of a sudden a game that you had a lead in you lost the lead and a game that you were close in now was a blowout right so if if we can be more mentally tough and play the next play and not let what happened last time affect what's going on this time and play within the scheme of the offense we're going to be a lot better all right. If I, I could mean, just oh, – go, go ahead, Curtis. No, 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 go well, ahead. For me, you know, just like you said, like the domino defeats, like everybody that plays sports, period, no matter what sport it is, be water polo. Like everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. Mm -hmm. Either that's a physical hit in the mouth or, you know what I'm saying, a mental hit in the mouth. Everybody has a plan. I just want to see the Grant 
that was in the spring game. You know, they talk about how good of a practice player he is and him going out there and he's progressing, things like that. And I believe, you know, he's got better. But I want to see the command he had in the spring game. One play that stands out in my mind, if he was live, when he scores maybe like, was it the first touchdown? Maybe yeah. the second touchdown where he pulls the ball and goes straight up the middle. And you got those two defenders uh, uh, diverging on him. Like in a game, he would have got hit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Do you hold on to that ball? Do you, Do you make one on? of them miss? Do you die for it? Like that's what I need to see. Are you going to make those winning plays and, and have that confidence when you get hit in the mouth? That's what I want to see from him to see is he going to lead the team. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree with that 100%. I'm going to go back piggy what uh, Siegler said before I make my point here. He seems like he is a guy that occasionally he gets in his own head. He gets in his own. You can see it. There's times last year where he was – you know, he had threaded a couple times and he gets picked and then either there was a hesitation or he would make the same throw again and yeah. it wouldn't be good. And that's, um, you know, that's something you, you, that I think you get to a certain point in your life. That's just you are what you are. Now, can some people overcome it? Yes. Um, is he one? I hope so. Now, before I make my point here, I'm going to make a real quick point because a couple folks have already thrown in the chat. Do put in your game predictions. We're going to be making ours at the end of the segment in a while here because it is going to be a while. But definitely put it in. Somebody's already put one out there. Thank you, Low Country. We will pop that up later. But here's my thing. I'm looking more for schematic things. And one of the big schematics are this year we are going to the true RPO. We're not looking at power runs. We're not looking at potentially being Wisconsin. You're letting Tyler Bowen take what's his and make it. And what I need to see is there are going to be times he needs to pull the ball and run Mm -hmm. on those RPOs. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you get two yards. I don't care if you get 10. I don't care if you break a 30-yarder. I don't care if you get stopped at the line of scrimmage. Because knowing – Got to keep him honest. Got to keep keep him honest. And the way this offense works – is if that linebacker and those safeties start moving on those RPOs, whether you're going to run it or not, lanes open. Easier mm-hmm. throws are made. He's got to do it. And if he's not doing it, Tyler Bowen, who's going to be up in the booth, better walk down, take this thing and slap on his head, run the ball occasionally. Run <laughs> the ball occasionally. They are or, spitting you and they're taking your lanes he out. He can call down and say, hey, you know that other guy that's over there on the bench? Tell him to go run. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the other guy. What, what, what y'all think about what? What do y'all feel like we need to see from from Kyron over the next uh, this week? I mean, I feel like you know the fact that Prize said he's going to get play every week. Mm-hmm. He didn't just say he's going to have some packages. He's going to see some time. He said he is going to see time every week. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure if we're got, we're getting a full, you know, redux of you know, 2007 here, or if it's going to be mix and match, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be. The thing for me is that when you put drones in the game, it can't be predictable. Yeah. You're good. You're going to have selected plays for him, obviously a smaller playbook, but it can't be a predictable smaller playbook. You're going to want to give him a handful of run plays he's good with and a handful of pass plays he's good with. And his first play out there needs to be a pass because if his first play on the field is a pass, then everybody will be thinking, all right, just because he's out here, it ain't a run. 
You got to be prepared for everything now. And even if he doesn't run, even if it's not a pass, I agree with you. I think a a pass would be great. If he turns turns the ball around and and hands it to one of your running backs and they get four to five yards, you know, just a, a normal running play. You just can't be predictable. You can't have him. Sh- you can't be going out there. Uh, we lost Tally for a second there. While we get him back on real quick, something we've been discussing is basically find his 10 best plays, running or passing. We lost you there for a second, Tally. Yeah, I've um, seen that. Uh, so I'll let, you, I'll let you come back in what you were going to finish up saying. But find those 10 best plays, running mm-hmm. and pass, because it can't be all – Pat run and it can't be all pass. So mix those in, give him those series. Um, and and when I say that, that's a lot more of it's gonna be more passes because you're gonna have plays that are strictly for the running backs. Kelly, right. what, what were you saying? I mean, that kind of sums it up what you say. Give him it, give him 10 best plays, you know, not just a predictable one play, not just two plays. Like he's gotta have some plays that are gonna get the are gonna get the defense off kilter. You know what yep, I'm saying? Like 100%. we gotta we gotta be able to put him in to be a like a change of pace back. You know, it's gotta be something that just changes that offense up just a little bit that gives the defense something different to look at. Now, can I say this? Mm-hmm. If it's third and one and a half, occasionally you put him on that field and just let him plow his six foot three, 235 pound frame forward and get the yep. first down. I can yep. be predictable. Yep. I can be predictable. We saw that with the Eagles last year and how they perfected that sneak on like what third and fourth and two? They get three yards. If you're, okay decent, if you're getting decent push and you got a quarterback that that size that can get low and push the pile, yeah. predictable's all right because yeah. it's effective. The problem is, is when you're predictable on first or second down with your with your second quarterback in the game, and they know all right. Well, it's it's first down. They put in this quarterback. Expect quarterback power. Like we we can't get to that point. No. If if they if they know what to expect every time Jones walks in the game, then that that's going to be a problem. Um, that's what we need to avoid. If yeah. we can avoid that, I think the two quarterbacks set up here could work for us. Could work. All right. Well, Let's I've been watching ahead. Swamp Kings on uh, Netflix, so they two quarterback system was working pretty good. Maybe we can work. take a. Maybe we can take a. Well, we lost you again there, Tally. Lost you again, Tally. But yeah. Although Chris Leak uh, does not get the respect he deserves in circles. So we're going to move over to the wide receiver tight end room. I put those together because that is the skill positions to me. And after what we heard from Coach today, with Nick Gallo seemingly questionable for this game, potentially questionable for multiple games, I think Benji Gaznell has got to be the GOAT do-it-all tight end. Although Daquan White looked like maybe he gained some – some weight and some muscle showing up at about 250 pounds. But we've seen Benji again, I think in the spring game, not in the spring game, but of his build, he's that guy can go in there, play in line, play H probably flex out. So that's a big piece for me because they did name them looking at the depth chart over here. It's Benji or Daquan is the second tight end behind Nick. I think Saturday night, they're going to be, uh, basically uh, one and twos. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you're seeing, I think when we look at the depth chart here and you got Benji above Daquan, I think the thing there is that Benji is definitely the more all-around tight end, right? Um, 
probably more in line with what we expect from Gallo, whereas Wright is definitely more of a Joker type uh, tight end, a, a, a do it all. So um, you'll probably see him in different packages than you may see Benji in. Benji would probably be in every, you know, one one tight end set, whereas you know Wright might not be on the field if it's just a an inline tight end, sing, a single tight um, tight formation. So well, that, thing that's probably too, the difference there. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. Uh, Tally. What you got? Another thing that we got to think about is Wright. You know, being I don't think he's a hundred percent. You know, I think he's been a little nicked up. You know, he didn't play in the in the spring game, and then I think they said he had some kind of little issue during fall camp. So we don't know exactly where he's at as far as health goes. So I think that's going to be something else to to monitor too, because it's football, man. You're gonna get injuries, you know. Yeah. So how do, you, how do you play through it? How do you play through it? What's that? What's the next man gonna do when he steps up and has to has to go? Absolutely. Siegel, what do you got for this uh, room? Uh, the big thing I've got, the thing that we struggled with all of last year, I need Daquan Wright. I need Felton. I need Lane. I need them to feast on those intermediate routes. We were awful in that area all of last year. If it wasn't deep and down the sideline or short right, right in front of the line of scrimmage, we won't really do a whole lot with it. We need to take advantage of that area of the field because that is what moves the sticks and sustained drives. If we're struggling with that against ODU, I'm going to be worried going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, pretty much to segue into the next point that we have, kind of stand on that, piggybacking on it, but going to the next point, it's the yards after carry as well. But the yards after catch, it's like all of the people that you're naming, like I've seen – Felton catch one in the spring game and get hit. I mean, a lick laid on him, but he fell forward for like three yards. So that's better than falling backwards three yards. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It may not show up much on the stat sheet, but if you can catch a five-yard out and you fall forward three yards, and that's eight yards. You know what I'm saying? So now it's, you know, second and two, third and two instead of second and five. You know, so second things and, like second that. Second and two opens up that play action. Yeah, too. So, I mean, there's yeah. a whole lot you can do with second and two. There's a whole lot you can do uh, getting that third and short versus that third and medium. So, yeah. but it's, but it's also, and this will go back to both the quarterbacks though. It's it's getting people comfortable. Yeah, a little short three yard slant or a little you know five yard dig, and you can hit it a couple times. You feel good, right? Yeah, you feel better. Get some confidence you good, in your throw. Yeah, you make a good you make a good out pattern. Um make a good out pattern and he it's six yards and they, and he breaks the tackle and he's up. Yeah. The next thing to know, it's like, he's going to sit hard on that route. Mm-hmm. He's going to sit hard on that route. So maybe Tyler throws up what I've got to talk about is I want to see what the route concepts look like. Cause I mm-hmm. think they are going to look different this year than they did last year. I think we have, I think we have two really skilled guys with Jennings and lane. I think Jennings can do the whole tree. I think Jennings is going to be all over the place. We know Lane on the slot. And and then we talk about the growth of Steven Gosnell. Steven Gosnell looked solid running routes last year. Mm-hmm. He did. He didn't look bad running routes. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, he wasn't there as a player yet. I mean, he's a, he a white wide receiver. They, that, that's what they good at. <laughs> but he won't there last year. He's going to have them routes down. Come on now. 
But even in the like, if you go back and look at him in the spring game, and you watch his routes that he ran, like, it's pretty crisp. They were, know? yeah. And he yeah. like he was doing a like I'm watching him even on some passes that he didn't catch, and I'm like, hold on, that defense, like <laughs> you you looking, he put some people on some skates, man. Like yeah. so, you know, he he definitely. I think the route concept is going to be different this year, which we need it. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just run a, you can't just run a go route. <laughs> you yeah. got you got to have some stuff different, and it all ties into what we're saying when you talk about intermediate pass game. You talk about yard set at the after the catch. When you talk about hitting lane on a bubble screen, hitting lane on a slant. Go watch him against Miami last year. Um, a lot of the plays that he made was him making the play, making one man miss, and then beating everybody else to green to you know green grass so that's what we need to see that's what's going to take us to beating these teams that we're supposed to beat and and by a lot of points and hanging in there with some teams yep. and beating them at the end of the game 100% all right i'm going to flip this up here good question from one of our watchers tonight ellis savage because we're going to talk to brother ellis savage ellis savage ellis before you go on that curtis ellis it's uh i watch bs uh bs high as well i don't think it's on netflix though i think it's on um i think it's on um max if i ain't mistaken and if y'all hadn't watched that you need to go watch it it's about that bishop sycamore stuff Oh, yeah. oh, 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 that dude was goodness. on some nut shit man that stuff is <laughs> fucking nuts man like i'm talking crazy like I can't even believe some of the stuff I was saying. But anyway, go ahead, Curtis. First of all, I ain't got time. I got like six shows in the can. I'm still catching up on. Um, and yes, he agreed. It is HBO Max is bad. But let's talk about – got to talk about the running back room in general. But if y'all saw today with the kick return, both Tootin and Thomas are one of two of the three, four kick returns. Ellis, not a fan of that, clearly – Y'all, neither Tally. No, Tally, your answer. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of it either. Um, I would prefer. So we got Tootin and Thomas. If you said one of those was the kick returner paired with somebody else as the two, maybe Thomas. Let's say I'd feel a little bit better. I don't like that that both of them are potentially out there as the kick returner. Right. Um, that gives me a little bit of pause. Um. But as especially, far as especially after seeing Thomas's health history, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, just Tootin, keeping it real. Tootin was nicked in the spring game. He yeah, had a little nick to like, start a camp. So I mean, both of them have did, not been. Obviously, yeah. Thomas has had you know historical health problems. Yeah, you know, Tootin not so much, but has been nicked in the time that we've uh, known him as a Hokie. So yeah. uh, it definitely gives you a little bit of pause to say, all right, we got both starting running backs, one with injury history. Yeah. What are we doing here? Um, at the same time, you want your two best back there. If yeah, these are the two true. best, then, you know. Can we just put one at a time, though? <laughs> so there's no chance both of them get hurt on the same play. That's all I, I ask. I don't need nothing, neither one of them get hurt at all. I won't need one of them get hurt, <laughs> but I don't need both of them getting hurt at the same right. time. So just yeah, rotate that's it. That's top two running backs. But let's also say this. A lot of times with kick return, they'll throw they'll throw a depth chart out there, and then when yeah, you actually look, it's, and it's just like yep. it's, it's not the same guy. Well, another thing with me that kind of threw me off is because I feel like this year we actually have some pieces that can be back there besides your – Starting running back, you know yeah, what I'm saying? That's true. Whether you talk about Cole Beck, like what is he Bryce gonna do Duke. with the team? 
Didn't yeah. Bryce Duke have one last year? Uh, Bryce, you know, we got he Bryce. He had a big Duke. return last year. He didn't have, he didn't take it for the house, but he yeah, had you a, got a Jalen really, Like, really you got a lot of people who we can, I feel, put back there and just see what you're going to see what we get. You yeah, know? Chance, Chance Black was in that spot last year a lot, Chance too. Black. So, I mean, and I, I kind of agree with what Curtis is saying. I don't think we see, like, you put a depth chart out there, but who knows who's trots out there? Hell no. You know what I'm saying? That's just that's just to make you know what they got us talking about it right. Yep. They got Andy and David and Bitter. I mean, and uh, Barber and everybody's tweeting about it. We're talking about it. All yep. right, but let's get to the running back room in general, Mister Siegler. What are you got two on here up front? What are the two things you've got to see Saturday night from the running back room? All right, first thing I need to see: get Tootin involved in the passing game early. Uh, we, we saw with looking at the tape from NCA and T like what, what he can do. Um, I'm excited to see that in a hokey Jersey. Um, so get him involved in the past game early, get him in space, let him make a couple guys miss. Um, he's got good size. He's elusive. He can, he's got some breakaway speed. I just want to see this guy get the ball in space, especially when we're still, you know, we, we want to establish the run game early, but we also want to be able to generate yards without having to run between the tackles all the time. Mm-hmm. Getting the ball to your running back in space at the line of scrimmage uh, can kind of give him an opportunity to to get some yards uh, without having to you know, stick their neck in there with those big defensive tackles and linebackers. Yeah, I mean, I, I get I, I get you on that. And I think the thing about the tooting in the passing game too – Again, and, and I look forward, it's going to be chances where if you're running a little RPO where it's like a flare, that linebacker is going to void, right? Because he's going to go with two, and then it's, there's going to be gaps. There's going to be gaps up the middle. Again, Grant's got to pull it and just say, you know what? That's four yards right there. The safety's going to come crash me. I'm going to get hit, but I'm going to go. It's second and six. Now we're third and two, right? Right? Yep. There's going to be things like that. Now – Another piece I'm looking for is we know Tuden and Thomas are one and two. Tuden clearly the one, and then clearly the two, and more of a one-two punch, as Coach was saying today. I want to see what happens after that. I want to see because we know Coney's out. Coach Coach Price said that today in the press. So we will not see him. He's been talking him up. But it's Black and Duke. And the reason I say we've got to see who's the next up, who do the coaching staff have faith in? Because now I'm thinking six months down the road, who might be in the portal? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you said, it's like you got Black and Duke in that room. We've seen them make some plays on the field in games. Um, what are we going to see? You know, what, what? who's going to be in? Who's going to get some burn? How many points are we going to score so we can see some of the second team people? That's a big, people. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in games like what we should see this weekend, we should go out and thrash this team so we can put the second team in so people can see. And it might cause some controversy if everybody goes out and plays great. That's what we want everybody to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, do we get to see drones play a lot of snaps? Do we get to see, you know, Bryce Duke get in and score a touchdown? You know, I don't know. But it all comes down to how much we're going to score to see how much playing time those backups get. Can I make a point? And we keep talking about it over and over in game. We need to do this to get them in game reps. 
Mm-hmm. Because as as you've said before, Talion Siegler, you said it to me plenty of times. Some guys are good in practice, and sometimes guys are okay. And then the lights turn on. Some guys, when the lights turn on, guys are great. Yeah. And the guys who's yeah. good in practice, he actually ain't that good because the moments are too big. Mm-hmm. Well, also, let's talk about if we're talking about drones too. In this case, with the running game, um, that's somebody that doesn't really get to be hit in practice. So being able to show what he can do in the running game in a live game is going to show a different degree of his playmaking ability that he's not really able to show in practice. So outside of what he was able to do at Baylor and things like that, we haven't seen what those tools look like live. And the coaches haven't seen a ton of it either. So, um, you know, maybe that's a difference maker in terms of how, how we start the season versus how we end the season on that front. Um, so that's just something else to watch in the running game. I know we're talking about running backs right now, just but, but, but since we kind of veer, veered into the, the drones territory again, I wanted to make that point. Well, it's got to be talked about too because he he is a part of the running game. They are they're both should be parts of the running game. And again, the the deeper you get into it, is for me, it, it, it would stink if we go up like a really big score and then drones gets all the run, but he gets all the runs with the lesser guys. That to me that, that sucks. It's really good for them because they're both younger guys, you know. Where uh, Malik, excuse me, Tootin's a younger guy too, but you kind of want to see him with the big guys too. That's why it's gonna be very important for them to drift him in. All right, let's talk about offensive line next. Um, and Tally, I will start with you on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what don't you want to see? Stay on fucking sides. <laughs> don't, just don't false start, man. I mean, I can't remember one game we like had eight of. I don't know how many we man, had. NC State, I, I had all the boys here. Yeah, like, ten false starts. You can't, you can't win games like that. You know, you gotta, you gotta stay on sides. You know, if any, if we're gonna get any penalty, I want to get a penalty of somebody like gouging somebody's eyes when they got them on the ground or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just do something crazy and get a. Uh, unsportsman, like, yeah, get nasty. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop jumping off sides and giving them an extra five yards. You know, T- tell you said, if you're getting penalized, it needs to be a finisher. They don't need to be a real. snap. Yeah, you gotta be doing something. <laughs> don't do this pre like you ain't even getting hit yet, and we already giving them yards. So, no, no unforced, yeah, no unforced stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I'm gonna piggyback on that. I mean, we're talking offensive line here. This is an ODU team that lost most of their defensive front. Um, they're almost completely brand new uh, on both sides of the ball this year. There's no reason that we shouldn't average five yards per carry against this team, combined quarterbacks and running backs. Um, I don't think that's that's something we can necessarily aspire to for a season outlook. I think we can take more baby steps on that regard. But against this opponent, five yards per carry should be – a good team average. Yeah. At I least. You <laughs> Need to well, see some big runs. Need to see some big holes. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm going to be looking for. And again, Siegel's going to be over at the house Saturday night watching the game with me. I'm going to be bugging the crap out of him because we know Crooks teaches different. Coach is different. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a slightly different style. Um, So the question is, how do the run concepts look? How do they look different than last year? Is it better technique? And I was listening to the Crooks interview from last week. Oh, excuse me. Listen to his interview. Then I listened to Xavier Chaplin's interview. And it was a mention that Xavier talked about how 
Coach Crook doesn't try to correct in practice. He doesn't try to correct in practice. He gets it on tape. He gets there in the film room. You're staring at it. That's where he starts coaching you up. And I was I was going back and forth. I sent Robbie a message. I sent both of y'all. And y'all kind of elaborate how that can help an offensive lineman. Because to me, it, you know, the answers y'all gave were great. So I'm going to let y'all kind of speak on those a little bit. So I think like my basketball coach did it best. He would take a practice, but it would be like a, you know, pregame practice day before a game or something. And we'd be scrimmaging. He would set a camera up and he would sit down. You know the plays, you know the plays. Talking about the two teams. Go run your plays. He wouldn't say nothing. Tape doesn't lie. That's what he said. If I come to you and tell you, hey, you ain't giving me full effort, then you're going to say in your mind, I'm going as hard as I can, coach. But then you look at it on tape and you're loafing. Then I can coach you. You know what I'm saying? Tape does not lie. What what you put on tape is what I see. It's what the fans see. It, it, it's what is what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? That tape's gonna show us what plays you're taking off. So that's a good a good teacher to show you. You know when, what you're doing. I got you on tape. You're here. I'm here. Let's correct it now. Yeah, I'm with that too. Um, that that's exactly the the mindset that I was thinking there. Um, when you look at practice, you got a finite amount of time in practice to get through everything you need to get to, right? So you're meeting anyway. You're, you already got the time scheduled in the meeting room. I'm going to do my correcting in the meeting room where I've got something I can point to and say, here's what you did. I can pull other cutouts, cut-ups together and say, here's what you should be doing. I can do that, get that visual there, um, and, and make sure that what I saw on the field is actually what happened. Because sometimes we see stuff in real time and it looks either better or worse than it actually is, right? Mm-hmm. We can look at the film, watch it two or three times, maybe four or five times, and kind of really dive in and, and break down what each individual player did across the line. We'll have a better idea of what went wrong and what went right on that play. Yeah. Seeing that one time in real time and trying to correct that, you might be correcting things that you don't need to correct, and you might miss something that you know you can correct later. So it's just a better use of time, in my opinion, uh, approaching it from that perspective. In one piece, Tally, you didn't say, I'm going to say what you said here. Mm-hmm. He wants them to play, not think. Yeah. And I, I think, mm-hmm. let's go last year. We talk about those false starts. Y'all, you said it numerous times on Twitter. Siegel said it on his program. We thought too much playing offensive line. Mm-hmm. Your job on offensive line, and, and, and Tally, you were an inland tight end. What's your job? What's your job? Got it. You got to go hit. You got to block. You got to find somebody. You got to find somebody. You can't you think, right, Yeah. You cannot I, think. You cannot and, think. And I think, and I think it's the timing, too, with Crook being hired because uh, he's been doing this for a long time. You know, I'm sure he's had all kind of different uh, personalities and attitudes that he's coached. Uh, with him being hired so late in the process, um, he had to learn what he had pretty quick, and he's still learning. So yeah. certain kids, you can't push them at yep. certain points. Like a game, I might lose you if I say, like, if I get on your ass. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like I'm with my son in baseball. It's only certain times where I really can get to him and say what I need to say. I just got to let – especially when he's hitting. 
I just gotta let him hit. You know what I'm saying? It's true. And then if he if he if he gets under the ball or if he does something, he'll come ask me what I did. What did I do? But guess what? I'm usually recording it. I'm usually recording. And I'm going. You keep opening your front side. You know your front shoulder is popping up. Your back shoulder is dipping too quick, so you're popping the ball up. You know, you got. He's learning what his kids can do during these fall camp and a little bit of summer that he's been there. Yeah. I think that that's why he's had that kind of approach that he's had because the last thing he wants to do is him to go, hey, you ain't blocking nobody, and then this kid's in a funk the rest of practice. And so now I've wasted a whole practice, and we don't have many practices before this game. Now I think we, of course, him being a coach, you're going to see him coaching, you know, into the game and into the season. He'll he's going to handle that a little bit different during the games than he has, but I think he had to do this getting up into the getting ready for the season. Yeah, yeah and then you also got you know GAs and other other members of the staff that you know, as uh, groups are rotating in and out, like when you go from the ones to the twos, twos to the threes, you know they're they're going to the side and saying, all right, on this play you might have did this, and they're giving those like micro corrections as you're going along. You know, the, Crook's probably, you know, over there watching the big line. You got those mm-hmm. guys giving those minor corrections. Mm-hmm. But what you're also not doing in that case, you're not calling a guy out in front of the whole team. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not stopping the flow of practice just mm-hmm. to, to just to make that correction. So you're being more efficient. You're still getting those um, corrections done during the practice, just not by Crook directly. And then you're getting Crook diving into the tape and pointing out those corrections and how to make those um, those changes going forward. Absolutely. The one last piece, and, and this, and I'm gonna just put this on here. And we're not gonna say anything else before we flip to the next one. Don't play down. Don't play down. Go play. Go attack. Go drive them out of the way. And I'll always say this: make them not want to be on that field come the third quarter. Like, like, I don't, coach, I don't want to go back out there. They keep hitting us. They keep slinging us. Xavier's driving me and riding me to the ground and putting 330 pounds on me every time and then he's slapping my head afterwards yeah (laughs) that's what i want don't play down to this team all right real quick before we go to break we're going to talk about special teams we got a couple pet peeves here i'm going to start with mine i want to see peter moore from two years ago when peter moore used to boom punts you know i think at i think having a new special teams coach is definitely um you know one of those things you see can definitely take it on. But Peter Moore went from averaging almost 45 a punt last year to under 42. Three, and some people say, well, what's three yards? Three yards over the course of a season is a couple football fields. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of field position. And I understand when you change coaches, things can happen. But by all sakes, Stu Holt's always been a good special teams coach, wherever he's been. So hopefully – it's the season of gelling. He gets back to booming them, and we can pin some people deep. Sigla, uh, what do you got? Um, so we got a new play kicker. We got John Love in there. Um, all I want to see is no misses inside 40, man. Consistently make those, those not gimmies, but very makeable kicks. If you make all of your makeable kicks, then, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, outside of 40, outside of 50. Um, it sounds like Love may not be taking the uh, the long uh, kicks, but pretty much anything probably inside of 50 is going to be his territory. And if it's inside of 40, I need that to be pretty much automatic. 
All right, Tally, what's your one piece on this oh, game? Listen, good execution. Whoever – I don't need to know Dante Romanovich or whoever the fucking long snapper is. I don't even need to know your name. I don't need to know your number. I don't need to know what high school you came from. Because if I know too much about you, that means you've done something wrong. If you snap this ball <laughs> – over that kicker's head, and they get a touchdown on it. You need to get on that bus and go back to Norfolk with them. Like you, you just can't do it. You cannot do it this year. We don't need to give up any points on special team that we don't have no business giving up. Good execution, no matter if it's on punt, kickoff, uh, field goal, whatever. Just go do your job. Do your you job. Know, if your job is to snap, just snap. If your job is to hold, just hold. Nice. Don't overthink it. Don't do Charlie said, Charlie said no, no taps to go from Norfolk to Newport News this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, come on now. All right. So there it is, offensive and a little bit of special teams there. When we come back from our break from our digital partners and our Main Street Pharmacy partners, we are going to talk about the defense. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I can probably save you a lot of money, and I can take a lot better care of you. That's pretty much it. My name is Jeremy Counts, and I'm a pharmacist. I own and operate Main Street Pharmacy here in downtown Blacksburg. My brother's a pharmacist, I'm a pharmacist, my uncle's a pharmacist, my dad's a pharmacist. I remember he would give me M&Ms to count in little pill counters. This is something I've always done, and I'm just lucky that what I know so well is something that I can do and feel good about it and give back to people. Pharmacies are your frontline defense. Pharmacy's job is to make sure you're getting optimal care for the lowest price possible. Also, we take the pressure off of emergency rooms. I'll tell people immediately when they need to go to the doctor, or I'll tell them if they just need a cream over the counter. If there's something that isn't commercially available, if it's something that's not available in a certain strength or a certain form or anything like that, we'll make it. Tailor-made medications. Some of those options save people a lot of money. What motivates me? I get to take care of people and live in Blacksburg. That's all I need. As we take a quick break, we'd like to tell you about getting your free website report from our digital partner, Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. They'll tell you how your website ranks on Google, on-site SEO, and social media. No commitment to buy anything. You can get your free report by visiting grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash website dash report. Now back to the episode. Righty, and we are back, and we're going to talk a little defense. Before we talk defense, I, I, I got to agree. Andretti's been putting stuff up here. I hadn't had a chance to get to it, but yes. I think we all want to ask Andretti. I don't know if y'all been watching. Andretti's been coming on strong like the last three weeks. Yes, he has. And I Andretti. He's put some good stuff, and then we get off the topic, and I see tonight I won't. Because Um, we do want a nasty-ass defense. We do want some lockdown corners. We want an edge. We want an X-man there. So hey, that's some let's, names for you right there, buddy. God, that's some names. That's God. some names right there. Saw all three of those guys play live. All yep. three of those guys. They were all one bad. of them. One of them been on the show. 
One of them has yeah. been on this show. Yes, he has. That man in the middle, Daryl Tapp, has been on this show. Yep. But let's talk about the defense, boys, and let's talk about the defensive line. And I'm going to throw a little stats at y'all. I'm going to let y'all jump off from here. So last year, Hokies averaged just over two sacks per game. Y'all may have in the ODU game? One. How many we got? One. <laughs> One. One. We had one sack last year and they were not in that good. game. I think we've got to have the defensive line set it off. Yeah. And I think, Tally, you, you've been bringing him up. You've been looking at him. You know who yeah. he is. Yeah. Powell Rollin, man. I mean, we need him to be disruptive. We, everybody knows. I mean, what, what have we seen on the tape? The spin move. Like, the spin move, man. The first time that I see that spin move used in a game, and work, I might have to buy a new TV. I might <laughs> knock my TV down. You know what I'm saying? Because it's been a while since we've had, you know, a defensive lineman, a defensive end in particular, just be dominant, you know, or just, you know, show us something like that. So, and we've had some good defensive end, not taking away from anybody that we've had, but just to, you know, get to that. I think somebody said on one of our other, um, on our other shows, maybe it was the the um Dwight. The preview. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were talking about who was the last person to have 10 sacks. Yeah. Well, it was Kenny Cannon. Kenny Cannon. Yep. Like that's a long time ago. You uh, know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So where you we, get we, those we pushing sacks, 10 years at this point. We're pushing where, 10 years. Where you get those sacks at is I mean, yeah, you want to get some sacks against Florida State, but when you play teams like Wofford and you play teams like ODU. You go and pad your fucking stats. If you can beat that man in front of you, you go beat him every play. You get to that quarterback every play if you can. So go out there and get you two and a half, three sacks. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I think you definitely need to see a big game for Powell Ryland right at the gate. And I think we need to see some some big things from these other three guys. I think we need to see Burgos named the starter uh, this week, uh, today. I'm surprised I mean, by that a little bit. I ain't gonna that, lie. That's that's big. A good to me surprise. Because, yeah, because that that tells me that the level of play, not counting APR, has also been leveled up, right? Uh-huh. Because we saw Nelson last year, we saw McCray last year, mm-hmm. we didn't see Burgos last year. No, we did. Burgos, Burgos is taking significant snaps away from those two. That tells me that we have leveled up based on what we already had on the roster before APR got here. So, I don't think I called his name, but I think he was on. The BMF award. Yes, he was on the yes. BMF award. Because I think his BMF. number, I think his number stood out on and, and the I BMF think, I think, awards. Yeah, and I think we know a little bit more why a guy like Kyrie Moyston decided to move on, yeah, right? Man. Because I, you know, we we talked about him maybe being like the fourth or fifth guy, you know, depending on what Burgos did. But if Burgos is leveling up like that, I mean, that's that's big, man. And then you know, you know, you're gonna get solid play from from Nelson. You know yeah. that McCray is going to be able to, to flash from time to time. He's put on some more size. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm excited to see what they can do. But Coach Price said it today, when, when Burgos is in there with APR, they just make more plays. They make more plays. Hey, somebody that, put that, put this up right here, what Low Country just put in. Low Country? All put right. That in there. Put that oh, up. You're going to make him on it? Put that up. If 12, he has 12 sacks this year, I'll be we've get, been, get it. It's been a decade for since we've seen 10. If he gets twelve, low country, we sending you, we sending you some merchandise. If if he gets twelve, <laughs> then Curtis's prediction of uh, of eight's definitely coming out. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. If he gets 12, the eight's definitely coming out. Yeah. Because they ain't going to know how to game plan for us. Right. But y- y- we keep talking about that line and stuff. And the, what I'm looking for Saturday night, we can get one. That would be just fine. Just fine. No, we need yeah. more than that. But go ahead, Curtis. Listen to me, though. Listen to me. Listen to my theory, man. Hold <laughs> on. Listen to my theory. <laughs> that first pop, he gets hit hard. Grant Wilson back here, he gets hit hard. The rest no of the relation. night, he's short arming it. No relation. Okay. Okay. Short arming it. He's sailing it. He's so you telling me Grant Wilson's gonna turn to Grant Wells from last year? If if APR hits that spin <laughs> yeah. move and hits him hard the first time, that kid ain't gonna know what to do with the ball. All he's hey, gonna know is I'll take these guys take, are coming after me fast. I'm getting rid of this thing quick. Hey, I will take one sack and four picks all day. You jack on me? <laughs> I will take four picks all but day. But it's setting. But I agree tone, with you, right? I agree. It's the tone. Mm-hmm. It's the tone. We go out there and have five sacks. Great. We're gonna we're gonna know about it. They're not. They're gonna be behind the chains all night. If we don't, if they're constantly getting rid of it, if it's constant pressure, if they're constantly worried about what's happening, then you know that's what we got to see. And then let's talk about the inside guys. You know they've got them five there. Uh, mm-hmm. Darius Payne did make the two deep um, mm-hmm. with Wilfred Panay. Uh, we didn't see any young guys. These are mm-hmm. all older. You know. Uh, Payne might be able to come back one more year because of the Achilles. He might be able to do a medical red shirt. Panay's back, and Fuga's back next year guaranteed. But the Mm -hmm. two guys who kind of lead that unit in Kendricks and uh, Pollard are gone. And, you know, I think somebody, somebody, and I don't know who it's going to be. Y'all got any things about on the inside? Who who do y'all feel like y'all got to see on the field this year at D-Tackle? At some point to start doing things. I mean, I don't. I don't just have somebody that I would just say I gotta see, but I would love to see a kid like Law. You know what I'm saying? Like I'd love to see him in just sheer size wise. Um, but I don't know if he's there yet. You know, I haven't heard much about him. But when you start getting up in games and you're able to play some young people, you you never know. You know, you may you may get to see somebody get in and get a tackle for a loss or just make a tackle, you know, get a game tackle mm-hmm. in lane under the lights. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what kind of confidence that builds for the rest of the season, you know, just to be able to get in and, 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 and show something. So I'm going to be excited to see who they rotate in. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what he does. I'd, I'd be interested to see if a guy like Malachi Madison makes any uh, – Makes any run this year? Um, yeah, Is, was he, he hurt though? Yeah. Didn't he, didn't he do something to his knee? Maybe. Yeah, I, I I couldn't see if he was done for the year or, yeah. or, or what he was done. But um, I can't remember. Guy guy like him maybe getting some run. Um, you know, are we going to see a Gunner given sighting if we get up? That's a good name. That's a good name. Oh. I think some of y'all went out. I think I went out. What about Malachi? Because Malachi was the guy last year who flashed the most. Mm-hmm. Like, he was looking like he could do something, but we haven't heard yeah. his name in a long time. Right. That's who Brian was just talking about, Malachi oh, okay. Madison. Yeah, okay. I think that's when you went out. Brian was talking about him. We were trying to remember if he's hurt. I thought something – I thought he got hurt. That, like he had a knee injury or something. That might be the case in that um, – but from this line on the inside, I, I hope one young guy flashes. If not, the portal's got to be hit hard next year. Yeah. But I'm going to be interested 
because they're keeping paying at that D tackle position. I'm wondering if there is some sort of package that he's staying in there for strictly nickel situations because that seems like to be the way. And let's talk about nickel. Hey, yo, I'm so ecstatic, boys. We finally got a nickel on the death chart. Like a true – they literally say Derek Canteen <laughs> is going to be the nickel. Y'all know how excited I am? For years, <laughs> we need a nickel. We need a guy who plays cornerback to play nickel corner. Yeah. I'm excited I about think he's going to be a baller too, man. I think he's yeah. going to have a good year. I, I mean, I, I again, whenever you just hear – and I know it's football talk sometimes, but watching that kid, the first time he steps in lane, he gets that tip pass from um, – Jalen Strowman, and he picks it off in the spring game. Like, dude, I think he's going to be a baller. Yep. And now speaking of Strowman, that's one of the points I kind of want to make about what I, I'm interested to see Saturday night because I want to see how Chris Marv calls the game mm-hmm. with Strowman back at free safety because Strowman is a true free safety. I love Chamari Connor. Chamari was a strong safety playing free safety, was a nickel linebacker playing free safety. Jalen Strowman is a legit – NFL free safety. Argue with me what you want to say. He is a NFL free safety. You look at his body type. Jalen's 6'1". He's 200 pounds. We know he hits. We know his movement. When you have somebody like that, I always go back to Kaishan Jarrett, who Kaishan was more of a box safety, but is a little bit more athletic. When you have those true free safeties, y'all can y'all can attest to it. You can do a lot more up front. You can do a lot more schematic because that guy's got this side of the field to that side of the field that he can mm-hmm. get there. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw it in the spring game, man, with the instincts to break on that ball and get the tip. God, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, that, you can't really coach that. That's just something that's, you know, it's innate, um, that, that type of uh, intuition. So, you know, seeing him take the next step this year, I think is going to be big for this defense. And I want to see him make some of them big plays like we saw in the spring game against ODU. Um, and again, at to Curtis's point, seeing how Marv calls that and how how he's going to deploy his safeties and in particular Strowman um, in this game is, is what I want to see. Um, the other thing I want to see since we're talking about safeties is, uh, you know, how much run are are most and uh, and Jalen going to get. They kind of in the in the two deep yeah. there because they deep. you know most you looks got, like a man. Most looks like a man. He's you know he's a freshman, but he's a he's yeah he's he's one of them them BMS that we talk about. Yes, he um, is. And you know Jalen switching sides of the ball already. Maybe. You know jumping in the two deep, making some noise here. I want to see number one. I want to see them get some some quality snaps. Number two, I want to see what they do with them. Yeah. yeah. The, the two safe Jalen especially because there were guys who were in that room that have been defensive backs their whole life, mm-hmm. and that's what they got recruited for. Mm-hmm. He's the two deep guy. That tells you, and they talked about he took the mentality. He took yeah. that competitive mentality and ran with it. Tally, what are you looking for, man? I mean, what killed us last year when we think about ODU? You know, Ollie Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> You have a you have a, a pretty good game at, on defense until what the last series, well, maybe the next yeah. to the last series, and you get big play here. We're gonna just throw one up, and our cornerback gets turned around, and Allie Jennings, you know, catches a, a deep pass on us that gets him to about the five. We can't have any big play from ODU, you know, five yard run, whatever. 
You know, they may get a first down, whatever. That's football. We can't have no explosive plays to a team like this. You don't want to be in a dogfight with a team you're supposed to beat because crazy shit happens when you let people who are inferior to you step around. And, yes, I'm calling ODU inferior to us. We have a better team. We are playing at home. We are playing at 8 o'clock at night under the lights. Mm. Lane is going to be rocking. That is a game we should win. Yep. Again. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I was going to say, if Shelton Moss was on with us tonight, he'd be saying the thing that killed the defense last year was explosive plays. If you take out the explosive plays, that's a pretty damn good defense. Right. Top 20 probably. But but we gave up a bunch of explosive plays. Mm-hmm. We you know we talked to, we talked ad nauseum about what happened against yeah. Pitt, but also looking at ODU, about three or four big pass plays, most of them to Ollie Jennings, is the difference between ten more points getting taken and off they, the board. And they weren't even good passes. No, they weren't. No, nah, they were ducks, man. They were <laughs> ducks. They were thrown while getting hit. I mean, just, it was floating in the air. I was like, I don't know who needs to pray. I don't know who. Ollie Jennings off. got praise because if, if they want an Ollie Jennings on that team, the yeah, ball gonna get caught. Man, well, he's on our team this yes, year. Yes, he is. Yes, so he is. we need we need to make sure we get him the ball. But, right. yeah, we just – no, man, we can't have any big plays. We can't have any, you know, fluke plays either, fluke. you know, is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to say something else. I don't have this on the rundown, but talk about the two deep of the cornerback room. Because the two deep is Dante Lovett. Yeah. Is Braylon Jennings – or Johnson, excuse me. And it's JP – not JT, JP, Jonathan Penix. Yeah. We got three true freshmen basically with the deep. And I know Canteen and I Delane Mansoor and oh I say no no yo oh, <laughs> I, joking, we, we, I know we, we get it. We, we get it. We know Dorian, we know Dorian and we know Canteen <laughs> and we know Mansoor Delane. We know they're gonna rotate because we know right. all three guys can do all three positions. So right. but we know just based on this depth chart, when it's a true nickel, Canteen's going to be in that slot. I think Canteen right. will play that the best. Yeah. Um, anything else y'all want to talk about with the secondary room? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's, like, like you said, man, let's just highlight the, the three youths uh, getting in the two deep, man. Youths. Because that that's big because that shows you that the dogs that this staff is recruiting are showing up and are ready to play. True. Well, it's kind of like Delane last year. Like, we as Hokie fans kind of knew or thought, you know, oh, this kid's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have a flashy uh, rating. If you go back and look at his rating. Good offer list, not great rating. Good offer list, not not great rating, but good offer list. But a casual fan would just be like, okay, you know, he's another freshman. He'll, He'll develop into a solid player. He goes out there and takes a spot last year. Yes, he does. You know, well, guess what? Pry comes on our show. If y'all ain't been listening, you better go back and listen. He's been on here. He said, I'm going to recruit people to bring in to take your spot. So these people that he's going to recruit, these freshmen that have come in, he's went and told them, I want you to come in and play. I'm not recruiting people to be fifth-year seniors and, Mm -hmm. you know, finally get a shot. If you can come in right now, we won three fucking games last year. Yeah, we need people who are gonna come in and help us win right now, and I think the freshmen have been showing that you know they're willing to get out there and make plays. 
I'm gonna make a point on this, and you keep hearing it all the time. You heard it from Canteen today talking about these guys come from good schools, winning programs. Dante Lovett played at DeMatha. That's one of the best in the WCAC, right, Ms. Siegler? Yes, sir. Braylon Johnson plays out here at Highland Springs. Five state titles in the last eight years. It's one, one of the two or probably one of the two or three best programs in the state. Went, went down, beat Marimar down in Miami. Didn't have a mm-hmm. problem with them. That's nope. they went to uh, Daddy Johnson School and took his high school off Meyer Town. And then Penix went to Appomattox County. Appomattox a couple years ago won the two A state title. That's a smaller division, but again, you're talking about the mentality. Those guys ain't used to losing. They aren't used to losing competitive reps. So you bring those guys in, you look at their body, six foot one ninety, six one, excuse me, six one one seventy five, six one eighty. They ain't me and Callie, me and you keep we, we've had this conversation. They, they like ready. Where we they ready like for where we play a defensive back. Unless they playing okay. somebody like uh Quan Felton, six yeah. five and two hundred twenty pounds. Right. But there ain't so yeah. many of them in the world. Right now, I was I was told by somebody that doesn't know ball that uh, Jonathan Penix wasn't going to see the field until he was a senior at at best. So, uh, <laughs> well, we know we talked to a lot of people who don't know ball. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. We got one last room before we get to our prediction, and that's the linebacker room. And um, I'm going to hit mine up first, just because I'm leading it. I want to see – we know Keontae Jenkins is the lock starter. Um, you know, our, our buddy right here, Ellis, threw up here talking about Cotman and see what Cotman's going to do. Cotman not on the two deep at all. Um, I still think you'll see out there because he's got the body tight. But I want to know how much run Woodson gets as a two deep guy. And, Tally, you made a big piece about what you want to talk about, talking about the young guys, right? Yeah, I mean, it's – let me see. I'm just thinking. You had two at cornerback. Then you had Woodson. So you got Johnson, Love it, Woodson. You know, Cotman probably will be somewhere in there. Like, how many of these guys do we get to see? And how big a jump are they going to take? You know what I'm saying? If they get in early. That's what we need. We need them to get in in these first couple of games. Because I feel like the, the bulk of our schedule um, – it's probably game five is when we really start to get into some mm-hmm. oh shit games. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep. So if we can get some of these early games and get some of these kids some confidence and some playing time, you know, what's that what's that youth movement look like? How big a jump can we get from them to get ready to go into the rest of the season? Yeah, I, I'm with that. And like, you know, especially when we talk about you know, Woodson and Cotman, that that's the future of that star position. So mm-hmm. if we can if we can see what they got early, that that would be big. Um I'll tell you what what interested me was uh was to I mean your man got it, dude. He he got it. You called it last week. Keller starting to Mike. That, that, that's a big one for us, I feel like. Um I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Obviously athleticism out the gate. Yeah. Um, yeah. We haven't probably had this athletic of a middle linebacker. I, I can't remember when, if we're being honest. Probably – you may go straight up with you. I love Vince Hall. Vince Hall was somewhat athletic. Ben Taylor. Because Ben Taylor made it to the league, and Ben Taylor yep. was an athletic-ass Mike. Yeah, yeah, but you're probably right. You're, that, that's years. probably the most athletic. That's a, that's uh, a, yeah. Vin, that, now, that, Vince was athletic. But you said the most, and that's probably it. Yeah, th- th- this is probably the this was fastest and quickest 
Mike linebacker we've seen in probably almost 20 years. Um, and then, you know, the name that popped up in the two deep, I know this isn't on the rundown, but I'm going to talk about it. We saw oh, Will that. Johnson crack the two, two deep at Will. Shocked by that. And we hadn't heard his name in a minute. He's been injured most of the first two years on campus. But seeing him crack the two deep, that's big because that's somebody I don't think a lot of us had thought about. And if he's pushing other guys that we did think about out of that two deep spot, I feel like that's a good sign. Man, all he's got to do is get hit one time and have a little blood come down his nose. He's going to be a hokey forever. They're going to love him. Yeah. Will Johnson, hey, get that little <laughs> blood running down your nose, man. Yeah. Go look at the pictures of Dax. They love him <laughs> in Blacksburg. Well, well but, but, but Will Johnson's a little bit different than Dax will ever be because I remember when his take came out, Brian was talking about him. Brian, yeah. you thought he could play star. You yeah, thought he, he was athletic enough well, to play he, star. Well, he came out. I mean, he was a – he was a safety that we were recruiting as a linebacker. Um, and he's he's got the tools there, I feel like. Will's probably long-term a better fit now, especially since he's got in the weight room, you know, all of that. He's probably at a point now where Will is probably a better fit for him. So, But, again, we talk about it, athleticism. Athlet- I mean, look at the four. Look at the six starting linebackers this year. I mean, or the six in the two deep. We got Keller, you got Lawson, you got Johnson, you got Tisdale. And say what you want to say. Tisdale's somewhat athletic for his position. Yeah. And then yeah. Jenkins and the freak of nature, Caleb Woodson, out of star. Well, well, Tisdale was a good fit athletically at Will. Will He's going to be yeah, an amazing better. athlete at Mike. Yeah. So. so, you know, something I think with this one, though, because we talk about the athleticism, is I think we need to see Kalai Lawson take over this game. And when I say that, it may not show up in the stat lines, right? It may not. It could be one of those games where they, they drop him more in coverage, not to worry about it. But I sit here and I, and I go back to one of his analysts and I think about X in his second year. X had some monster games. X had a game against West Virginia where he had 10 tackles. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. I think he's going to have games like that. I think there's still going to be growing pains, but his athleticism, I think Saturday night, depending on how they use him, I think he could wreck shop Saturday night. And I think if we see that, if he wrecks shop, I think all of us, like that defense, it was solid last year. It has a chance to step up if they wreck shop because the levels have changed. You have, we'll go through all of them. You've got a really good secondary. You've improved on the defensive line, and we just talked about it. We have athletic linebackers everywhere. All righty. Well, boys, we have hit that time of the night. It's time to make predictions. Now, before we throw our own predictions out there, some of y'all have been nice enough to throw your predictions in here, and I'm going to pop these up real quick. We got Low Country Living saying 3110. I'm assuming all these are Hokies. Hudson Hatfield, 38-17. William McCown, 38-10. Got any more? Put those out there. We're going to be giving hours. Brian, we're going to let you lead it this year, man. What do you got for Saturday nights under the light at Lane Stadium? All right. So, last year, we lost this game 20-17 in Norfolk. Uh, We gave a 10-point swing on a field goal. 
We had an in in a completely inept running attack. Uh, we had a bunch of turnovers from our quarterback, and we still lost the game by three points. On paper, we've gotten better. They've gotten worse. Uh, if this is anything less than a two touchdown victory, I'm gonna be a little concerned. Shout I've out got, Pete B. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out Pete B. He's right there with it. I I was saying if this is anything worse than a 28-14 game, then th- there's there's probably some things we should be a little concerned about. I don't have it looking that way. I've got it looking like 38 to 10. I've got us uh, running running the boat on them a little bit. All right, Tally. Because I'm a Hokie fan. And because I know how the world is <laughs> makes makes me feel, I got us right at 28-14. <laughs> I got us getting a little bit of hope. We look pretty good, but we can't look too good and get too excited. Just enough be, not to worry. You got to do it just enough that, not to worry. That wouldn't be the hokey way. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? That, I got us 28-14. All right. We're going to throw up a couple other scores here before I give mine. We got Ellis Savage saying 27-10, three-score win. And here's our big one. Justin is saying 42-10. And, Justin, me and you aren't that far off. Well, hold on. There's the real number right there. There we go. There we go. Oh, got some more coming in here. Ooh, Chris Martin saying a 10-point game. That's the one where if that's that game – you yeah. know what we're gonna do next Tuesday? We say we're gonna try to cut it down this year. We're gonna be here a while if it's twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah it, I, I, I do not want to Chris, play as a hell game. I understand why you put that, Chris. Yes, we I all do understand. understand why you put it. All right, so I'm gonna go with this score. It's the same score I had last year, and if it don't work this year, I ain't using it again. I'm saying forty one seventeen. Hokies. I'm gonna go a lot of what Brian said. We've gotten significantly better in just about every facet of the game. They effectively have gotten significantly worse. I added the 17. I decided to stick with that because I think it's gonna be something like 41-10, and they're gonna sneak that one little score to Tally's point that makes us go away a second. Are we really all that good? Why we let them score late like this? Mm-hmm. But I do see us winning. I also think if we hear the tones from the men, the tones from the presser today, coach won't fucking around. Somebody in there, if y'all didn't hear it, we want to talk about Allen Jenkins, and he did. He deadpan. He didn't say we don't have anybody by that name on our team. Allen Jenkins, we don't have anybody by that name. The kid was like, "Well, Allen Jennings, yes, that's who we're talking about." Like, that, I think that probably pissed coach off more than anything. Like, you better get the name right. You better get get it name. right or pay the price, baby. So yeah, if y'all bullshit. got more predictions to give, throw it in there. We'll put them up. But we are going all with hokey victories here for week one, and uh, let's hope it is, boys. Just because I don't feel like talking a week from now after a long Labor Day weekend. <laughs> it's going to be a long Labor Day weekend. Yep, yep. For all of us. Um, I got Friday off, man. I got a four day week, man. We're I'm I'm taking Friday off. I got a four day weekend. Yeah. It's gonna be craziness. But awesome. speaking of a four day weekend, it's gonna be football on starting Thursday all the way to Monday night. Well, so, see, my son, my son's game got rained out last night. Start lightning, so okay. he plays tomorrow at six thirty. So I got football Wednesday, yeah, five, Thursday, wait a and y'all play next Tuesday, right? Yes. No, 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 no. We're off. We're off, off next Tuesday. Five yeah. straight days of football for Tally. Yeah. So, Tally, let me pitch to you. 
I know what game you got. I know this game's going to be kind of overlapping the Hokies, but I got a feeling you got your eye. You got one, and why do you have it on this one? And who you taking? Um, I'm going to say North Carolina and South Carolina. Um, mainly you got the you got ACC versus SEC first week of the season. Uh, Drake May, I think one of the best quarterbacks in college right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard a lot about this conference realignment. I think I'm gonna take. I think North Carolina's negative two and a half right now. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna take it. Is. I'm gonna take North Carolina negative two and a half on that game. I think North Carolina's gonna come out, and I think they're gonna, you know, show why the ACC is better, baby. We do it better <laughs> over here. No, nah, I, I just feel I just feel like the beginning of the season, Drake May is gonna come out and he's gonna start his uh he's gonna start his campaign. I got them winning that one, and I think that's gonna be a uh, I think it's gonna be a good game. All righty, Siegler. Yeah, um, so my game I, I kind of went a little sideways on this, and I wanted to do something a little different. Um, not take some of the obvious matchups. I'm looking at Boise State UW. All right, um, that, that's a that's a fourteen and a half uh, favor for the uh, for the Huskies. There um, it is. I'm gonna take Boise plus the fourteen and a half, but I think the Huskies take the W. I think it's gonna be closer than the experts think. I think that's a game that could come down to the wire. That's a good game. That's also Brian. Brian just trying to make a bet on a three thirty game, so we actually have something to pull up at the house, right? Lay <laughs> some money on this. Let's uh, watch this. Oh, we go. I'm gonna throw one up here real quick. Uh, Ellis is saying he's gonna be watching the Penn State West Virginia game. Ellis, if you got three TVs, you can definitely do that. That's why I got three TVs because <laughs> I like to watch two games at once. Um, here, boys, here, here, <laughs> there, there, there. Gotta have, a, gotta have one on the phone too. You got one on the phone? Oh yeah. yeah. You can go four. My I got two more screens here on my computer, so I could go five boxes if we want to, baby. Oh, can man. Too, baby. We can go crazy. We can go crazy. I'm going to Thursday night to kick off my weekend. Okay. I think it is going to be an absolute slug fest in Salt Lake City with Utah versus Florida. Mm. Line is six and a half. Florida. I think Utah will win the game. I think Florida covers. I think it's going to be similar to last year's games where literally that game came down to – that was a hell of a game to watch. It -hmm. came down to the wire um, with Utah just falling short. Um, And and so many games all over the weekend to watch. The big one, I'm I'm, kind of glad they put Florida State LSU on set Sunday night. Yeah. Because, man, if that would have overlapped with the Hokie games, like, I'm going to watch the Hokies, but the college football fan in me wants to watch that game, too. Yeah. So, thank you, TV producers, for finally getting it. Great game last year. It was a great game last year. Great game last year. I'm interested to see if Duke can keep it close with Clemson. Yeah. That's going to tell a lot about Duke this year. Yeah, I'm interested to see. You see the spread on that? You see the spread on that? Twelve and a half. Twelve and a half. That ain't a big spread. Nah. Might be saying a lot speaking, about speaking Clemson. of big spread though. Uh, y'all see the uh UVA Tennessee line? No, what is 28 it? 28 and a half, isn't it? 28, 28 flat, 28 Jeez, flat dude. now. <sighs> yeah, that might not be enough. That seriously might not be enough. I know, I, I know you, I love you, my boy. But if y'all lose to, to Tennessee, them Tennessee fans are gonna be on your ass. <laughs> right, they on you. 
They are all, all day, all day. <laughs> Just a couple more things to pop up here. Thomas says take the under on Florida. I think the under – I think it's 44 and a half. Might be right. That 40 – anything like mid-40 scares me because fluky things happen in college football where it's like, I got this at 43, and then somebody wrote the pick six back to last second. You're like, yeah. <laughs> 48, 49 is where you start feeling a little bit more comfortable. Exactly. Cuctus down into 7-5. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Anything breaking, y'all? We've been in here an hour and a half. Nothing breaking, man. I think one thing that I do want to say, though, is, uh, of course, all of the people, man, we appreciate you guys coming in, spending some time with us. Um, Somebody asked a question, and we have been slacking. We do have merchandise. We do have a merch store. Uh, we will start to get a little bit more active with that. Uh, I haven't even talked to the guys about it, but we want to start doing a couple of giveaways and things like that. Just because we do appreciate you guys interacting with us, uh, we're trying to grow. We want y'all to you know, come in and give us what you're giving us tonight. We want that every week. We love to spend some time with y'all, and uh, we love to have the Boundary Corner name out. I got to get my cups and all of this stuff uh on the screen so y'all can see it because Brian has been doing an awesome job with some of the stuff that he's designing. Um, so I want to get that out for you guys to see it. And we got, we would, we got more coming. We got more yeah, coming. Yeah, and I was going to say, we got more coming. Most of it's going to be orange. I'm going to let y'all know. But y'all just get ready. So <laughs> Clark just joined in. We, hey, put Clark up here right quick, man. Clark said, great show, man. We're glad you – hey, you just better be getting ready, man. It's season now. You yeah. got a job. You got a job, Clark. You got a job, Clark. Clark, we might run into you next – or not next Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday. Yeah. Hopefully run into you because we've said it already, and I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. We will be in town for the Purdue game. Me and Brian are going to be pulling in uh, sometime early Friday afternoon. Tally going to be in at the butt crack of dawn on game day. Yeah. I might get the slide in Friday. I'm not sure yet. I know. I mean, it's not looking like it, but – you try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> you try. If you pull okay. it, you know, you know, you know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be a fun Friday night. It's gonna oh, be a man, fun Friday it's night. Be a fun Friday it night. can't be that fun of a Friday night because I actually want to go to the game. It's fun I'm gonna be man. like, oh, I'm gonna be doing what I do in here. If I got three guys pushing their forties, if I gotta carry you to the game on my back, you going to the, you gonna make it. Don't you dare worry about it. Tally gonna have me over his shoulder. He's staring his ticket. He's going to the game. Yes, sir. All right, we'll hit you up on Friday, Clark. You're right, Chris. Inner night. Let's go, Hokies. Boys, nothing else breaking. Let's wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast, brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg. We will definitely be making a stop by there, definitely on Friday. Over under 30 hugs from Jeremy. Over under 30 hugs. Over, over. under. Over, Depends over on under, how much James. Hold on. Over <laughs> under 10 shots. Okay, that's a good one. Over under 10. It's going to be over 10 for that. So the hugs is going to be over two. Over, there's going to be like over 40. If it's Jeremy, just hammer the over on everything, man. <laughs> everything, yeah. everything, everything. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. Jonathan Talley. Visit our website, BoundaryCornerVT.com, to listen to all of our episodes. Also, if you are on with us tonight, I did throw our Boundary Corner store in the comments. Click on that. Take a little of some of the stuff we have created there. While you're at our website, follow us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube account where so many of y'all listen every week. Over over 1,500 of y'all listen to the panel on YouTube. That is our highest number ever. We really appreciate awesome. you guys pressing that button. Mm-hmm. Um, also, 
Follow the podcast to see our faces. Listen to it at work on your drive, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. Our buddy Jason Long, who I believe Jason's going to be coming to us to Roanoke on Friday. He's not going to be able to make it Saturday. I got to come Friday. I got to oh, meet him. There you go. There you go. I got to meet him. I got to meet him. Hey, you know what? You know what you need to do? Set all your meetings on Zoom. Yeah. And just just make sure that you might have to go the long way through Atlanta so yeah. you don't lose signal. Yeah, right. <laughs> and you're there by Friday afternoon. You don't miss any work calls. Right. Check out Jason. JasonLawMusic.com, all of his music, Apple, Spotify, his YouTube account, Facebook pages. He's got the new album out there, the covers EP. Definitely pick that up. Check it out. As always, we thank you for uh, listening. Uh, we got a new one. 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 And I got one more thing. We'll let Ella start us out here. Let's go. Okay. Okay.